InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Success or failure in life is to a large part determined by the decisions people make. Making better decisions is not only important to us as individuals, but it's also important for those in leadership positions such as government and business. Well, you may be surprised to learn there's a key factor that affects decision making. And joining us to discuss this is Jonathan Lavav, who is Associate Professor of Marketing at Stanford University. The term that's been coined to describe this is is decision fatigue. Decision fatigue. What is that and what does it mean? Basically, what decision fatigue means is that making decisions over and over gets us cognitively tired. It's almost like I have a tank of gas in my brain, and as I'm making lots of decisions, I'm depleting that tank of gas. And eventually, my brain runs out of gas, and that's when interesting things start happening. The decisions aren't always necessarily bad. Uh-huh. They're just decisions that are psychologically interesting and show that people change the kind of decision strategy that they use when they're making their choices. We don't know if these decisions are bad or good. We do a little bit in the domain of things like self-control. People who are tired appear to be more likely to have lapses in self-control. So in that sense, they're bad, but they're not necessarily universally bad. There is a study that's cited in this particular article I'm looking at about a parole board, and there was a pattern to the way they assigned parole. What we found in that study was that your likelihood of being released on parole depended on where you appeared in the sequence of prisoners that the judge saw. Let's say during the course of a day of deliberation, the judge discusses the cases of about 20 prisoners. What we find is that a prisoner's likelihood of being released on parole is a factor of where he appears in the sequence of prisoners that are presented before the judge. In other words, a judge, let's say, sees 20 prisoners in a day of deliberation. Your likelihood of being released depends in part on where you are in that sequence. If you come earlier in the sequence, you're more likely to be released than if you come later in the sequence. But the interesting thing that we found was that the data we were looking at actually had a day that was divided into three sections. From the beginning of the day until a mid-morning snack, from the mid-morning snack until lunchtime, and from lunchtime until the end of the day. And what you find is this interesting pattern where if you come at the beginning of the day, your likelihood of being released is quite high, and then it goes down, 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 and then the judge pauses to have a meal break, and your likelihood of being released goes back up, and then it goes down, 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 and then the judge pauses to have lunch, and then your likelihood of being released goes back up, Hmm. and then subsequently goes down. And so what we interpret that to mean is that making these decisions about whether or not to release a prisoner is cognitively tiring, and then the judge takes a break, and that's replenishing. We don't know if the decision is good or bad, we just know that there appears to be some effect of the order on the outcome for the prisoners. We're talking with Jonathan Lavav, Associate Professor of Marketing at Stanford University, and we're talking about decision fatigue. And not to get esoteric or anything, but this information I'm looking at says there's a phenomenon called ego depletion that's involved here. What does that mean? Ego depletion is a phenomenon that says that basically doing mental operations reduces your executive function. Executive function is the function in your brain that governs your actions and governs how your impulses manifest. When people are ego depleted, in other words, if they've uh, made a lot of cognitive operations or if they've made a lot of decisions, then they have fewer resources available to them 
to be able to overcome their impulses. In other words, for instance, I love chocolate no matter what, but I'm also, you know, I live in California, which means I have to eat fruit because I got to keep up with the thinness of the Joneses, right? Uh-huh. So whenever I go to get dessert at the cafeteria at the school, I have a choice between having this really nice gourmet chocolate or having a fruit salad. So what ego depletion research shows us is that if you're tired, you're less able to overcome your impulse to get the chocolate. And you end up taking the chocolate, whereas if you had the resources, you would have otherwise taken the fruit. People might describe that as having the strength to overcome something, but it might just be a fatigue factor is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, basically the psychological model there is that self-control is like a muscle. When you tense your muscle, eventually it gets tired until it rests, and then it can work again. So the idea is that self-control functions in the same way. I understand you did some experiments to show that decision fatigue can leave you vulnerable to marketers in a shopping situation. Is that right? Sure. One place where you see something like decision fatigue manifest in the marketplace is in product customization decisions. So a customized product is a product that has lots of attributes, and I get to configure those attributes. So if it's a car, for example, I decide on the car's color, and I decide on the interior, and I decide on the wheels, and I decide on the engine, and I get the car exactly the way I like it. That's, in fact, the way cars are purchased in Europe. So we ran these experiments in Europe in car dealerships. And what you find is that the order in which you present people the attributes makes a difference to the kinds of cars that they end up configuring. What happens is that as you're going through the customization process, you're getting tired. So now I'm cognitively tired. I'm having a more difficult time figuring out what I want. Well, you know, do I want to pay the extra $100 for this cup holder or do I not want to pay these extra $100? That's something that takes mental energy. And so what people end up doing is they end up accepting whatever the default option that the manufacturer offers. So if my default color, let's say, is silver, when I'm tired, I'll end up with a silver car. And it's not that people don't care that they're lazy. It's just that they're having a really hard time figuring out what they want. And so what they do is they look for the easy out. So when marketers give you an easy out, like, for instance, a default option, people tend to take it. So if I'm, say, a salesman or marketer, then that would be pretty valuable information to have in terms of the way I set up my presentation. Absolutely. Because now, if I know that later on in the sequence of decisions, people tend to be more vulnerable to taking the default because they're tired, well, then maybe I set the default for the option that's a little bit more expensive. And I know that people are going to be more likely to take it. If I am a consumer, what knowledge can I take from this to perhaps help me to make better decisions or to make the right decisions? I don't know if you can say the right decision, but better decisions, even if I'm fatigued. Well, at least in my research, the definition of better is something that's not clear. Is a silver car better than a black car? I don't know. In some cases, when you're tired, you're going to make biased decisions, decisions that are bad. In other cases, you're just going to make decisions that are different, and it's an empirical question whether or not those are better than the options that you forewent. Whenever you're tired, you make bad decisions. That's not necessarily true. Sometimes you overthink things, and instead of going with your gut, you go with your head, and that can be a mistake too in the long run. There's some research that shows that when you ask people to choose posters and you just tell them, hey, pick the one you like the most versus which one do you think you'd like the most, the ones that pick the ones that they think and that they have to actually list out what it is that they like about the poster end up being less likely to hang the poster than the people who just make an intuitive choice. Oh, that's interesting. Sometimes making the intuitive choice is a better thing. And sometimes when you have resources, you go away from the intuitive choice and you end up doing something else. Like, for instance, when I have resources, I end up taking the fruit salad over the chocolate. But truth be told, I'm happier with chocolate. (laughs) But it's not like we can not get tired. 
What you want to do is you want to surround yourself with advisors that you trust or marketers even that you trust. For instance, if I know that the car manufacturer has my best interest in mind and I can trust them for that, then I know that they'll pick those options that in the end I'll be happier with. And an alternative is to recognize when we're tired. And I think we all experience it. So we all know when that happens. You know what? Wait till the next day. You're not sure what you want. Go sleep on it. And then you'll figure it out the next day. What I'm saying is not even that. It's like, hey, you're tired. Withdraw. Go have a sandwich. Take a nap. Go watch TV. Get yourself out of that situation. Let yourself replenish and then go back to the decision. Then you'll end up being better off. It might take you a little bit longer, but you're likely to be happier. Jonathan Lavav, Associate Professor of Marketing at Stanford University, on the topic of decision fatigue. Thanks so much for joining us today, Professor. My pleasure. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.